All right, everybody, welcome back to Two Opinions in a Cloud, uh, hosted live from SharePoint TechCon in Austin. Uh, this is Max Fritz with you. And this is Stacey Deerstroll. And we've got two guests with us today. That's right. To the right of me, we have Mr. Matt Wade. Hi, Stacey. Hello, Matt. To the left of me, we have Johnny Lopez, the local boy. Hello. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> so. He's showing us some of the, you know, the local food culture, all that kind of fun stuff. You know, he's got to do his, got to do his job, right? And and are you doing a decent job? Well, considering that the food in here at the conference is so-so, we, I think there's some really good stuff that's going on. I don't think it would take much to impress us after eating the conference food. <laughs> that was that was my point. So. <laughs> I've had some really great food outside of the hotel since we got to, here. I have too. We had Absolutely. some good food last night. I had night. some barbecue with Johnny on Sunday night, actually. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Really Saturday, one of those days. We went to a Moonshiner. Is that what it's called? Moonshine, Moonshine last night. Nice. Oh my God. He got this steak. It just melted in your mouth. And awesome. It was amazing. And I got this mm. country fried steak, and everybody had peace of mind because it was huge. Mm -hmm. you know? But it was awesome. We missed you, Max, but, but you are in Texas, right? I am actually in Dallas myself, so so close yet so far. That's right. That's right. So we wish you were here, but we want to we want to definitely include you in this conversation because we all have an opinion on this. Um, but first, before we get there, so I don't know how many people know, but Matt Wade created something called the periodic table. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe he'd tell us a little bit about that, especially since there's version two out there. And I have to admit, I didn't know there was a version two until today. I know Max is well aware because we chatted about it at Ignite, actually. We did. Uh, yeah, but I just needed a way to explain Officer 65 to my clients in a simple way. And it was actually pretty difficult to do that without some sort of infographic. And I'm kind of in the infographic uh, realm pretty deep. Uh, we got a bunch of feedback. Um, we had rolled out the ability to, first it was a graphic, then uh, made it into a web app. And my partner out in um, Denmark, uh, Niels Johansson, did the web app version of it. He is just a black magic developer. I have no idea how he does anything of what he does, but he does it, and it's amazing. So it goes poof and it works? Pretty much, yeah. And I'll say, hey, what about this? He goes, I don't know if we can do that. And then like two days later, hey, I made it work, so check that out. <laughs> so we made, it, we made it filterable, did the research, figure out which apps come with which licenses. That was probably one of the biggest uh, you know, hit count jumps for us was after that happened. Oh, I'm sure. So Rev2, we've had requests from people on being able to see it based on their license. Um, we noticed that a lot of people were using it in their intranet itself, so it could definitely be a place to jump from. So we've added a bunch of features for version two, which is in beta right now, and will probably be out in full in the next week or two. Um, so I'm going to ask the, the question, can you security trim it? So depending on who logs in, sees what? So if you log in, it's pulling your license and it grays out whatever you don't have access to. Now it doesn't trim it, they're all still there, but they're grayed out. So it'll be, uh, you know, a lot of places are saying, hey, it's great that E3 is here, but we don't use Teams. So we don't want Teams showing up, or at least we don't want it obvious that people can click it. So yeah, that's a nice way to do it. Awesome. And a few couple months later after that, we'll have a uh, fully customizable version for a premium price, but the rest of the stuff stays free. Ooh, mm -hmm. stay tuned, folks, yep. stay tuned. Yep. Now, what kind of uh, technology are you using to read that information from licenses? Is it Graph API? Uh, yes, um, that's part of the black magic. <laughs> We're going to call that proprietary. Now you're just logging in with the O365. I think it's the OAuth. Um, you know, it's a, it's the standard login procedure. So we, we're able to pull 
licensing information just from the standard um, uh, procedure that Microsoft rolled out. So, gotcha. So it's, it's an OAuth app that you know users have to authorize and be Correct. able to. Um, yeah. And you know the cool thing I, I like about it, I've been looking at the V2 version a little bit. Um, is you know it, it does gray out certain things, but that's almost a way for a regular employee to be like, hey, team. What the heck? How come I don't get this new cool stuff? Right. Yeah, I might have some. You know, that might have been a secret plan in the background that nobody knows about. <laughs> you do have plans, though. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Secret agent. This is my kind of evil. Plans. Yeah, my evil plan. <laughs> so yeah. So actually, I've been having a great time out here, mainly because I'm seeing what everybody's doing with the power apps and the flow, and they're building all these really cool things really quickly. Mm -hmm. And. Um, I mean, I sit there in, in these some of these sessions and someone will show something that they build it like in 10 minutes. Like Vlad did that yesterday and you saw all these people go, wow, ah, you know, and it's so it's a, exciting to actually start seeing some of those things. I, I keep telling people if they want to get into like the MVP space, Power Apps and Flow is the niche to fill right now. Oh, absolutely. If I can see like a, if you can go out and build yourself a little, you know, like SharePoint lookbook, but for Power Apps and show some real world examples, mm -hmm. run with that because there is a huge niche to fill right now. Every, it's like everybody says they're doing it. Whether or not they are, I'm not sure. But if they are, they're probably doing it internally and they can't show what they did. But like make a make a you know scrubbed version of it and publish it anyway and show how you did you did it. I think I had that conversation with just someone yesterday. Did I not? We Was did. that you? Yeah, we did have that conversation. <laughs> Matt, Matt and I did as well. So yeah, I was like, dude, start polishing up the power app. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know much about Power Apps, so it's like I want to see what other people are doing are doing with it, so I can well, build me off too, of that. Right? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I saw somebody built a like a Super Mario sim simulator in it. It's nuts. I saw that as well. So I see these games that people build, and it's like it's so cool, but I can't apply that to work. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's great for fun, but like, okay, now what? How do I make this into a form to Joel, take people into my, you know? If you're Joel whatever. Olson and all the, those guys out there, right? They could do that. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, just get Blizzard on that. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blizzard will do it. That's right? true. There, there's also a Pac-Man loading um, screen for Power Apps. So when you when you retrieve data and it's loading, or the data is being retrieved, your Pac-Man goes across the screen. <laughs> Does it play the song too? Yes. Ba, 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 da, da, oh, da. I totally need that, right? <laughs> All right, I'll do that. All right, so you guys ready for the hot topic? I know I am, right? So the hot topic around here is classic versus modern. Is classic going away? Is classic the old and is modern the new and all that kind of stuff? Max, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you give your opinion first. All right. So as maybe some listeners know and probably all you guys I'm talking to, I I spread my wings far outside of the SharePoint area. I'm, I'm really into identity and security, but I've got a, a huge spot for SharePoint in my heart. It's where I started out. Um, but I've learned to let go of things in the Microsoft world. Um, and I, I've seen the writing on the wall for this one for quite a while. Yes, you can talk to me about that classic SharePoint has its uses and there are certain things that it's required for and yada, yada, yada. But I, I'm surprised it took Microsoft this long to force modern SharePoint upon our end users. Yes, we can still stop it at the site level and things like that. But I think it's about time for you know end users to be able to see modern SharePoint and maybe force some IT departments to get off their butts and start to work on it. I don't know. I was promised the last migration ever would be to Office 365, and I feel like I'm migrating again. So that was actually one of the things in my actual slide yesterday. I want to talk about the impacts of Office 365. And I said, 
One, we always told we didn't have to deal with an infrastructure again, right? They were going to do our backups for us, but we know that's kind of a joke, right? Yeah. Oh, and by <laughs> the way, Good point. by the way, we're going to Office 365, so we never have to do migrations again. And what have we heard all week? Now you got to migrate from one type of site to another type of site. So is that ever going to end? So we're just another wheel of migrations, right? The bigger issue is at this time, like especially when you're looking at classic sites and what people are doing in classic sites, you can't do all those things in modern sites because because of the framework they're locked down. So what do those people do? Yeah, that's the biggest challenge is, you know, translating and correlating old features and site collection features and the old model of deploying a WSP into now a more modern piece where you're losing a lot of technology that you relied on for search and metadata and and driving documents and building out site structure and information architecture. You're losing a lot of that capability, even out of the box workflow. Um, you have to go and turn that on at, on the site when you create a, a new team site or communication site. I'm generally with Max on this. I think that everybody should be prepped and ready to go forward with whatever changes happen, just because that's the way it is. I think uh, any new customers that sign up for O365, there should be that big checkbox at the end before you say full on submit and purchase my license that I acknowledge that I'm going to have to deal with changes in the technology over the next 6, 9, 12, 18 months and then it will be continuous. And then I should be prepped to uh, have the budget to support those things forever. I, I think that I, I don't want to say this and have it on the record for four years from now, but <laughs> something tells me that this modern SharePoint is going to be a much more evolving SharePoint. Not just something tells me, it's been very clear, as opposed to what we had in 2016, 2013. Um, so I don't want to say this is going to be the last migration we have to do again, but um, I, I don't think Microsoft has a choice here that they're competing against these very intuitive, easy to use products like Dropbox and um, Google Drive and stuff like that uh, and drop, drag and drop intranet builders that without them doing this, they're, they're going to fall apart. SharePoint will cease to exist, in my opinion. Um, the other side of that, though, is making changes like this the way that they're doing. They also could lose people because of the fact that it's changing so much. And the thing is, this change from classic to modern is drastic. You go look at a classic site that's, there's not a lot of, you know, all these squares and all this kind of stuff all over the place because that's what they want to focus on what they have to do every single day. You think they're going to lose people though? I feel like they have them by the, uh, by their, <laughs> yeah, just then you're stuck. You can't, you can't well, get back out. The problem is I deal with so many clients who are like, on my homepage, I only want these things because these are the things <coughs> that I have to do right. to, that I have to use. I don't want all this other stuff, and they have you remove it. Mm. So, what are they going to go to instead? Because everything else, all offers, yeah, all the competitors nice. are like modern. I think they must have been losing clients because they weren't doing this. Um, well, that, there's you know, actually, you know what the conversation is, and I've already had one client do it. They migrated back to on-prem. I have heard that too. Okay, that's fair. Yes. Right. Because then they can control right. what's happening. Okay, that's fair. So I was looking at it as if Microsoft loses a customer, they just lose a recurring monthly fee as opposed to they don't lose a customer fully. But yeah, you're right. That's a fair point. Right. So, Johnny, what's your thought? I mean, the other thing is you have to, we have to consider too, is going from a classic to a modern site is um, the availability of, of, templates and those different types of things. Um, Microsoft's going to a no code um, kind of mentality, mm -hmm. which I agree in a lot of the, 
the functions and the workloads. But from a SharePoint perspective, um, and some of the things that we're doing with Power Apps and Flow, there's still cold code involved, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can have that um, that hybrid kind of uh, IT pro mm -hmm. role to take a, long, a lot of that on. And it's harder for IT pros today because of all the changes. My, uh, my thing is, is let them have the choice. They want to stay in classic, say you're not going to update it and let them do their thing. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's new, don't give them the ability to go classic and have them just <clears throat> go straight modern, right? So then you take that. But people who've already been doing it for now five years that they've had Office 365 and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> let, them, let them stay if they choose to. Right? I mean, it's their choice. Well, they can, can't they? The uh, well, well current, currently, but the big thing is, is like, I actually had someone in my workshop um, the other day tell me that a Microsoft sales guy walked into their board meeting with, they had like, they have 130 executives. So however, you know, however that structure is that they're considering. And this Microsoft salesperson gave them a date that the classic sites were going away and told them that they should never create another classic site in their environment. And they should be creating everything modern. I love when I get those dates and things through rumor. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> Here's when I uh, hope that uh, nobody listens to this podcast today. Uh, <laughs> all right. Microsoft salespeople aren't the most reliable sources of information. Product groups and product teams. That's that's always my response on that. Is you know maybe yeah. there is an internal date that's been published on that, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, but the product groups don't talk to customers directly nearly as much as as the sales, sales folks do, and the sales folks might be given the info. But there's so many more of them, and you know one of them could let something slip. Because I never, I feel like we never get dates for the product groups. Right. But which he, is infuriating to me, but they don't. You know, like right. <laughs> they hear me out, and like I know that, but. We can't do that. You know, we're working on it. Well, the thing that I found out, I've talked to a few sales reps in the last few months, and they didn't even they didn't even realize that Teams was a separate app, technically. Mm. And you know, there's things that they okay, don't know yeah. because they don't live in it, right? Right, right, right? So it's easy for them to confuse things, but they got to be a little careful when they're talking to certain people. Mm -hmm. um, my other big thing, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, is the fact that going modern, you have a couple choices of your initial look. And then you can change to one of what seven or eight themes that they provide to you. Now you can go out and do a custom one and you can be a PowerShell go up and upload it, right? To make it your company colors. But essentially, you don't have a lot of options because you can't customize the master page, CSS, all this kind of stuff. So this is the new look of SharePoint, mm -hmm. right? So now when you look at it, hey, this is SharePoint. This looks like SharePoint because this is the new look of SharePoint. And what's the biggest thing we all, we all heard in on-prem and when we went to How do I make it not look like SharePoint? How do I make it not look like SharePoint? And the bigger thing is, is people are then, they go from, if they go to a conference like this, right? And they're sitting in a room and everybody pulls up their SharePoint. They're going to be like, yours looks like mine, right? So there's no, you're not really differentiating yourself among others as much as you can when you can update things. Like I have a company that's a candy company. Do you mm. want to know what color their site is? I think it's pink, red, and white, something like that. Pink and that purple, <laughs> right? Pink and purple. Yep. You lose some of that. I mean, yeah. So I'm very much of the opinion that branding is overrated and plenty of people have made lots of money branding SharePoint. Mm. And I think that the we've been I don't know. We got spoiled by the fact that we could brand it. I think that it's a waste Great. of time money. Um, <laughs> I, I really disagree with the idea of doing it. And like, why spend that resource on making it like that as opposed to spending the time and money on providing good content? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people will say like, well, you don't brand Outlook, so why would you brand SharePoint? And I don't like using that that analogy because it's just kind of, it's kind of a cop out. It's too easy to say. 
but because <clears throat> then somebody will say, well, yeah, but our, our, you know, our actual website, we custom developed that from scratch and like it's beautiful and everything. And it's like, yeah, but the, the website gets you customers and sales, right? Mm -hmm. That's a revenue generating experience. Right. And intranet is not a revenue generating experience. If anything, it's a rev, it's a, it's an expense limiting experience by getting people to the right stuff quicker means that you're spending less time doing something. But if you could spend that money on something like a good information architecture, things like that, as opposed to making it look pretty, don't get me wrong. I love design. I really appreciate design, but at the same time, people use Reddit and Craigslist every day, and they are some of the ugliest websites on the internet. But man, do they have amazing content! You and mean it's like really, eBay? It's like, yeah, <laughs> sure. And even Amazon. I mean, like, yeah. yep. Amazon's a good website, but the design of it is not great. But that's not the point. The point is you need to get to the thing that you want, you know, so you can click buy. That's what matters, you know. Yeah, and I'm I'm 100%. I, I'm all about. I rather them do a good content management system where they find their information, they find it very easily, and all that stuff. Yeah. But you're just gonna have that pushback. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think there's a third piece customer. we're not considering. There's so there's there's the you know branding kind of design element. There's the functionality of like you know can you get to your stuff? I think functionality is similar across you know modern and legacy SharePoint. Um, but there's also just plain out UI of how intuitive is it to get to my stuff? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where modern SharePoint just blows it out of the water. Yeah, and, and and there's points there I don't agree with because a lot of the like I'm seeing these people create these modern sites and I'm like, wow, that is just way too busy. I don't want my stuff that I need to get yeah, to. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's just way too busy. And the fact that I sat there and I watched someone the, just yesterday scroll three times so they got to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Those are things that we've preached and told people not to do as, as much yeah, as possible. But yeah, but the whole scrolling thing, I, that was a functionality limitation of the fact that not everybody had a rolly ball on their mouse 10 years ago. <laughs> literally everybody has a rolly ball or has two fingers to swipe on their on their laptop now. That was literally a, a device limitation. But, but then but then now you have the problem. People are going to see their screen and they're not going to think that yeah. there's anything down there. I mean, there's something to be said for below the, for below the, the fold, but mm -hmm. everybody has a thumb and a in a smartphone now and they all scroll endlessly like applications are now literally in the scrolling Facebook because, Instagram yeah I don't yeah. I don't know if I, I don't get me wrong it's still there and there's still a psychology right. aspect right. to it but I think that it's way different than it was five or ten years yeah, ago yeah but their psychology on a phone versus when they're at their computer they think totally two totally <laughs> yeah, different but that's ways we don't but. no but that's an opportunity for training right because people yeah. will say to me when do I use Yammer and it's like the same way same time that you would want to use Facebook you know I, that's how I kind of make right. that correlation yeah. or when I use Teams same time that you'd want to use Slack or like maybe even WhatsApp kind of thing mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, as long as you can relate to something that they have in real life where it's like, well, you don't have a problem juggling Facebook Messenger, iMessage, and um, WhatsApp all at the same time. You know exactly when you're supposed to use those. So just look at these apps as having those directed use cases. And so, there's also the uh, accessibility side of this that we got to keep in mind um, <laughs> as we're talking about, you know, what to use when and scrolling pages and stuff like that of that. You know, to Stacy's point of too much content on one page is that becomes an inaccessible page, both to screen readers and, you know, people who have trouble yeah. scrolling. Yeah, that's fair. I do. I do appreciate the lookbook that they rolled out because that actually gives people an idea of what they can use. Oh, yeah, I did like that. <clears throat> and I mean, we needed that 15 years ago. There's no question about it. Yeah. Um, inspiration is something that people aren't just designers and creative by mm -hmm. default. That's not the way the human brain works in most cases. Um, there's a reason why we aren't all da Vinci's. And if you can get some sort of inspiration from somebody else and say, oh, I like that layout and our company colors are pink and purple. So I'll just make the theme pink and purple and make sure that all my icons are pink and purple and like, you know, that kind of thing. Well, right. there you go. You got that look and feel a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Does it look like the person sitting next to you at SPTechCon? Maybe, but there's this yellow and orange. 
it's got the same web parts and they look the same, but you know, it makes it simpler to use on a. And you know. I, I think it's just going to be it's going to vary from company to company and person to person. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, I like to comment on the, what Max is saying about UI, but also your user user experience. I mean, we relied heavily on the Office integration. Um, you know, connect to Outlook or connect to Office um, when we're using SharePoint libraries and, and yeah. those different types of things. Well, those features are kind of being deprecated. Um, plus, you know, what SharePoint looked like before, well, we can correlate the ribbon and say, oh, yeah, you know, the ribbon is just like your Office ribbon. You can go here, <laughs> go true. there. Now it's not. It's a command bar. So yeah. it's a lot. It's totally different. Um, reviews for a library unless they're different. Yeah. Um, this information detail pane that we thought went mm -hmm. away. Um, in 2013 is back right. um, in full force in full force because yeah, yeah so um, going to edit metadata on a document or a list item is is totally different from a user perspective at least it's way easier though it I is mean, way before easier. it was a lot harder but but the problem is if you have a power app on top of that form you can still go make those changes to the the native right. yeah. um, user experience instead because we want users to use that pretty power app that we created mm -hmm. you, you can still backdoor the power app and go edit the form mm -hmm. so, so some of those things like the i think it's missing a little bit of uh, integration pieces you're totally right one of the one of my still uh, most clicked blog posts is the why it's okay to use the open in windows explorer mode yep. <laughs> and so many people are like how do i get this back how do i get this back and i'm like you don't i mean at this point you have to start embracing onedrive sync client and you just have to that's just the way because people heaven forbid people leave file explorer and it's like, well, they're going to have to eventually like introduce them to a new window. I don't know what to tell you. you know? Well, well I then have we to put OneDrive in File Explorer, so <laughs> <laughs> we got you know with the, the backwards. So me, pers there. me personally, this whole File Explorer, especially if you're a big managed metadata content type type of person, mm. you're just backdooring all of that mm. kind of stuff and yeah. missing it. Right? Well, that's true because you're looking at folders, mm -hmm. right? It kills you. Well, I think yeah. I think to go with um, UI and with the folders and metadata. I mean, I think really now before we didn't have a really um, intelligent search, so we had to use metadata to find what we're looking for. Now with the graph, we're actually having um, a better search experience, and we can still use folders and still find the data uh, or find the content. It's not as easy to surface, but mm -hmm. you can still find it. Yeah, but you still have to be careful if you're using folders. You have to still watch out for the character. Line, oh, totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It, you still have to manage your content. Well, I, I love the irony of folders Absolutely. versus metadata over the last few years, because when I first started actually coming to, to SharePoint specific conferences, maybe three or four years ago, that was no, 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 metadata, metadata, metadata. And I'm like, I get where you're coming from. Like my SharePoint introduction was organizing and sorting everything based on metadata, but it was published documents. Mm -hmm. Metadata for me just does not work in a in a working space. No. You still need oh, and now we got now we got teams that just creating folders for well, us. So. And then they roll out teams after this years and years of metadata is the only answer. Damn it, don't go into a folder. That's awful. And it's like, by the way, this is Teams, and we built it on the, the main doc library in your SharePoint site, and it uses folders. Yeah, fun guys. By default, <laughs> we're going to create them for you. Right, okay. yeah, which I'm okay with because that's a working space. Yeah, you know? I mean, I wrote two books on metadata. I really kind of like it. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, I do too. Yeah, right? no question. But I don't like those books. I, <laughs> I don't like you either, Max. But anyways. But I've always said there's a time and place for folders. Mm -hmm. right? there, there's where they're okay. It's the fact is when they start nesting and nesting is, right. you know, and start to the fact that for one, search becomes not relevant, right? Mm -hmm. And where you start breaking functionality. Yep. Yeah. So, so I will I, say one thing, not to get us too off topic here, but the whole Teams creating folders thing, I still think is a little bit of a nightmare. And I know they're working on improving, but like the whole experience we've had for the past two years of, where did this folder come from? No one knows. Oh wait, somebody created a channel. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm I okay with be an the, icon the, soon. Just the when you rename a channel and the folder doesn't change the name. Oh yeah. And if you change the folder name, you broke the connection. Or people say, "Hey, watch this general folder. I didn't create that, so <laughs> yeah, they delete right, it." They delete it right. <laughs> or you can actually go and file explorer and change the library name and break the whole connection too. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Yep. See, this is what I like. <laughs> I like to call this job security. Sure. So you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the next ten years in the future. I think we're pretty good. You know. So one more topic I want to bring up, just because uh, it's a it's hit the um, first release and it's part of modern. The mega menu. Oh, okay. Okay. Anybody played with it? No, I haven't, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. F um, F yeah. Y not um, your first impression. Well, we talked about this yesterday. Is it, it's, the mock-up is a lot prettier. So what they showed in the demos, the mock-up is a lot prettier than when it, they actually. <laughs> no. Released. Um, so uh, it's not intuitive, and I'm not trying to beat it down a little bit. No, but it's not intuitive. You can't find, you know, with anything. Where do you create? Where where does this stuff be? Where is it stored? Right. How can we change it? Um, the add button for the menu is hidden. You have to go find it. Yeah, yeah. There's it's not no a big add button. plus button. <laughs> yeah, you um, on you, it. you go between the oh, things and you hover right. between, and then you get this little yes. the, the little plus sign pops up. Yeah, so it, more job security. It, Continue. It's a ghost. It, it's a ghost uh, plus yeah. button. So you huh. have to hover over a certain mm -hmm. spot on the menu to add it. No kidding. Um, kind of kind of like your top navigation where you go click uh -huh. edit and or your quick launch you can yeah. add yeah. that way. Um, no, it's it's more hidden. Um, huh. If you're going to use it for something that's plain Jane and generic, there's no there's no customization to it. You can't add color or anything like that. So it's all I'm so okay with it. Yeah, I mean, and I'm fine with that as long as you make it. I mean, so it's intuitive enough for someone to do it because even if you create your first header, mm -hmm. it automatically goes underneath the home that's already there, and gotcha. then you have to promote it, and mm -hmm. then you can create things underneath of okay. it. Yeah. So you have a lot of promoting and depromoting to get it where you want. There's just been no real solution for global navigation in the last 15 years. I mean, it was just it's been terrible since day one. And every single organization wants to go custom develop their own CSS menu. And it's like, why would we have to do this? I'm very much a no-code guy. Why do I have to pay somebody or find somebody in the organization that isn't even on this project, but no, I know he has some CSS experience. Hey, can you help me with this? Because I have no idea how to do it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can actually do that now, whether or not it's perfect, I feel like it's still got to be better than what was there. I've been using Manage Metadata Global Navigation for years and way back when when people you know our clients i mean you've mm. got to make navigation easy and consistent so people right. can get to their sites so we created a controller we drop on the master page and so any site that's created automatically uses it yeah i guess right and but it, it works it was yeah. the only way to really do it to right. make sure people could get to their content quickly and, right, right. you know and all that kind of stuff it's I all about user gooey, adoption you know oh, question for you guys this mega menu thing this is i and forgive me I, i'm not as up to date on it this is uh preview or is it already in first release or whatever we're calling it now it's in first release it's first release sure. that's where i have a problem um because things that don't work well shouldn't be put in first release or if they are they should be pulled back because the entire point of first release is to test things out that are proven to be working internally at microsoft make sure they work and then roll out to the rest of the client base it's not supposed to be a preview testing ground so by you guys saying that this is it doesn't really work well. In my opinion, that shouldn't be there. That should be a preview, not first release. I have to tell you, I was excited just because I've been waiting on it so long. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that's why they're probably pushing it, but I think it's a improper use of their the release terminology. Uh, and this is something they've been trying to hammer into users. I've been trying to hammer into admins of, you know, what's the difference between general availability, first release, 
and preview. And generally preview is stuff that they're actively working on and they know needs some improvement before it really should be used widely. And that sounds like what this is. It's difficult too, because you have to kind of, you're trying to sell an organization on moving to that concept from their native menu that they have today. And that's the struggle that I see is how can you sell someone this when it's not as intuitive as the first before. So sure. the good thing is you don't have to rely on a developer to go change some JSON and JavaScript mm -hmm. or whatever right. the case mm -hmm. is. But the bad thing is, is if it's a bad user experience, um, how do you convince those communication folks or the HR folks or yeah. whoever's managing that intranet to, to adopt adopt and, and use the menu? That's true. Yeah, and it's also counterproductive for, you know, we're telling everybody, make sure you have your dev tenant. So you got first release turned on, so you can go test stuff, decide if you're going to use it or mm. not, turn it off, whatever. Yeah. They're out there testing that stuff, and they're like, we're not using that, right? And then they don't go back. They realize there's an update or whatever. They're like, they turn it off, and it's done. Mm -hmm. So they get that bad impression, and they yeah. keep it. I agree. I mean, overall, I'm excited about them. I would be happy if they iron out some of these uh, kinks. Yeah. I'm excited about the footer, too, as well. I mean, yep. that, oh, that, yeah. The footer uh, looks not, I have to say, the footer had, is not bad. My first job, we had a custom thing where we, we threw in the um, the site owner's name at the bottom, mm -hmm. and that was their, you know, you're going to be held accountable because this isn't the IT department that owns the site. You own this site, so right. if anybody has questions, they're talking to you. And that's what we had our footer do. It was really handy. And then I didn't realize, being so new to SharePoint at that point, I thought that was a standard thing that was in all master pages. I had no idea. I left yeah, them like, wait, where's the... Where, where's the site owner drop down? I'm, I'm, <laughs> what'd you guys do? Not install it? What the heck? Yeah. Well, the nice thing is you can put your company logo, you can put some right. text, and there's yeah. some things mm -hmm. that you can do. I'm sure you can embed some type of, you yeah. know. Um, sure, you could do your social, right? Do some social stuff. Yeah. yeah so. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what do you well, think, I'm Max? You wish you were here? This is a rousing discussion. So, yeah, I kind of do wish I was there, and I'm sure you guys are having a great time. Mm -hmm. We are. We definitely are. I'll have to be at the next one. Yeah, so tonight we have SharePoint, right? And then right after SharePoint is the Austin user group. Mm -hmm. Is it here? In, it in is her? here. Okay, yeah. all right, I didn't know that. Yep, so uh, we're all going to make the make the rounds to the sessions, SharePoint, and then user group. Sounds good. And then I'll probably find some local good food, mm -hmm. right? Excellent. Sorry you can't join us, Max, but maybe next time. Next time. Well, you guys have a great evening. Um, everyone, hope you have a great time out there, and we will talk to you next time on Two Opinions on a Cloud. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.